This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to what will be known as the Red Sox post-mortem episode. They have been eliminated from the ALCS in six games by the Houston Astros we're going to give our reaction from the series and perhaps a little bit of reflection on the year in general joining me tonight Andrew Dwan Charlie Smith how are you guys Andrew you want to go first you know I'm better than I've ever been during or after any postseason elimination by the Red Sox not all eulogies have to be sad, and I, I think this is one of those occasions. I'll, I'll say this much. I, uh, I'm i not sad that we lost to Houston. Uh, I called six games. Terry called six. I think Jason was the third person to call six. What I'm disappointed is how we went out. Two hits in the whole game, and literally one of them got cracked on a strike him out, throw him out, and that just – that was it. The game was over in the seventh inning. As soon as that happened, it was over. So I was ready to start the show then because there was no life. And it almost looked as if th- there was a reason why the Red Sox weren't predicted to make the playoffs. And this showing tonight is a pretty good reason why. But this is not the worst defeat I've seen. 2003 will always hurt the most. Um we got a lot farther than anyone thought we were going to get. So, See, I mean, it was annoying to only score a combined three runs in the last three games after being so hot. You know, to lose the momentum like that was a little disappointing. And you come into the series and Garcia and Valdez hadn't pitched well the whole playoffs. They lose McCullers for the whole series. You get a two-to-one lead. And so, you know, your hopes are up. And it's you're starting to kind of flirt with the idea of we might play in a World Series. But, but at, at the end of the day, did we really have any business getting to Game 6 of the ALCS? I'm not sure. It's like we were on a high-speed chase and people were trying to take us down. And in Game 4, we ran over the spike mat. Game 5, we blew out our radiator. And then tonight, they finally took us down. And and uh, and that, that was the end of it. But two of us on the podcast tonight had losing records at the start of the year. We got swept in three by the Orioles to start the season. And um, 
it was uh, there were some ups and downs and and it, at least we got as far as we did so and it, it wasn't really the pitching that did us in though it, it was the it was the bats in the end and I, I think a lot of us were more worried about the pitching and that ended up being mostly solid Pavetta was good all throughout Evoldi was good all throughout. I think Eduardo Rodriguez only had one bad start uh, the whole playoff run. So uh, Chris Sale figured it out late, but you did know, he ever? Too, oh man, too little, too late. So yep, yeah. I mean, all sides put it up for any rotation questions we had going into next season. Uh, couldn't have been happier with how those guys really pulled together when they were the biggest question mark we had. Uh, we didn't see them get through Tampa the first time around, you know, uh, we saw them get knocked out, knocked around early. And now it looks like Pavetta could be a four. looks like Chris sales pump at 99. Evaldi is going to be, uh, you know, an absolute stud at, as your number two. And who knows what happens with Erod, but he's one of the best threes in the league. If, He's right. So they showed up, and anytime you could knock out the Yankees in the playoffs and the Rays, I mean, <laughs> that that's a pretty good uh, consolation prize, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, that's the thing is, I didn't have them making the playoffs. This was uh, not destiny. And then somehow, some way, we found ourselves playing, you know, an extra game, just one extra game, and then an extra game turned to an extra game and an extra series and then an extra series after that. And I mean, we're up two games to one. We've absolutely blitzed Houston. It just didn't feel real at that point. It just did not feel legit because we were doing things to Houston that we hadn't done to teams all season. Grand slams and two grand slams in a game, three grand slams in two days. I mean, there was just so many things that was going only in one direction. Um, with that being said, there was everything going wrong for Houston. I mean, Luis Garcia, who's having a no-hitter through five innings against the Red Sox, uh, he got taken out of the first appearance after an inning, and they, they said it was an injury, which I do really hope they visit that because I didn't think he was going to be okay enough to pitch, but he seemed fine today. So it seemed more or less along the lines of an excuse by Houston to pull him in his first appearance. Um, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say anything bad about this team. Uh, we went farther than we were supposed to. The disappointing thing about it was, like Andrew mentioned, the and you mentioned too, Terry, the bats just disappeared. Renfro, non-factor. Um, Dahlbeck, albeit he didn't really get as much of a chance, non-factor. Travis Shaw, non-factor. Um, Kike, I can't say anything about him because he did major work the first couple games, but kind of disappeared towards the end. Um, it just, just wasn't, wasn't our day. Well, shout out to Luis Garcia for going to Kobe Bryant's Germany knee doctor, uh, within the four days he got pulled because no one comes out of a game with a knee injury 
and then comes back four days later and throws three miles an hour faster than he's ever thrown before in his career with an elevated spin rate. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, there's a lot of crap going around with the whistling, whether or not that's true or not, with Valdez with his eyelid or whatever the hell that was the other night. But the Garcia thing, that's sus as you know, sus can be. I don't understand how a guy can literally leave. You get to warm up another pitcher for what was it, an hour and 45 minutes. minutes. It was 20 minutes because I left, came back, and I hadn't missed a pitch. I asked yeah, it was the group. I was like, what? Absurd. Did I pause? I don't have DVR. I don't <laughs> pause the game. And then, you know, guy did like yoga in the outfield. They got you know, got a little stretching, got a little pregame meal or midgame meal. And then comes in Odorizzi comes back in. And then Garcia can pitch tonight. That that that's just Dusty Baker pulling pulling some crap. And that's my biggest gripe that I've had to date right now for this series. I don't think I was right. I think if you leave for an injury, you probably gotta be off the roster or you gotta skip a start. I don't know. It just didn't seem okay. Well, here's here's one thing to consider. According to the CBA, a player who has never tested positive for steroids can only be tested twice a year. So if he's had his two tests, who's to say? I'm not saying he did. I mean, that I'm wildly speculating, but, but I think... The playoffs could be could be a prime spot for some shenanigans, and uh, it's an interesting uh, statement to make. But I don't think it's so much him as it's what's being put onto the ball. Um, yeah, shout out for visiting a knee doctor. But I mean, I said it the first time; it didn't feel right. Something was wrong. You brought in a starter to be a reliever. It didn't work out. The Red Sox pounded you good and hard. But Luis Garcia never should have been able to make another start in the series. He, I mean, it just it just felt very odd, felt very off. He waited, you know, four or five days until he could pitch again. How convenient. He just didn't pitch anymore uh, until this start. So I like Dusty Baker, but this is going to go on the mark, uh, on the questionable mark. Uh, during the game, uh, I was really trying to listen for whistles to see if 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 I was going to hear anything. I did hear a couple, and I was like, "Is that is that off speed? Off speed pitch ended up being the pitch, and and Houston just flat missed it. But they didn't um, they didn't like wait. It was weird because it wasn't like a couple years back where it was obvious that they were sitting there just cranking, waiting like to cock up for it. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if the Astros cheated or were attempting to do some backhanded tactics and they could only drop two runs before that three run Homer, they suck at cheating. The Red Sox though, just sucked tonight. We just didn't have it. We just did not have it. There was a lot of whistling. I noticed when Avoli was in there, and oh yeah, it was constant though. Like the the catcher wasn't even given the signs yet, and the whistling was there. So yeah, it was absolutely the crowd just trolling. You know, it was all over Houston sports radio, and like everyone whistled tonight and all that crap. I that that was very obvious. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 
I, there was one time where Evoldi wanted to go through the signs again, uh, you know, and they did, and he got out of the inning. But it's just Houston. I mean, everyone's going to be uncomfortable playing there in the playoffs. And this is their fifth straight ALCS, and, and three out of five of them, they've gone to the World Series. So they're, they're, they're a smart organization. And, you know, they've got different executives in that span because Lou now got fired and they've got Dusty Baker now instead of A.J. Hinch. And so despite all the turnover, they're still always there at the end. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have one of those runs. I mean, has there been another dynasty? I mean, this, that is the, the best dynasty since the nineties Yankees. I mean, you have to say that. I mean, I'll give it to them if they win one, but the Red Sox won two in five years from 13 to 18. And then 07 to 04. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, that for me to consider anything, you have to win three for a dynasty. Well, hang on, though. Hang on. There's a difference because from 04 to 07, tons of turnover. I think Poppy and Manny, and actually, I think, yeah, Schilling was still there. And then, you know, I guess, yeah, 07 to 13, there was some uh, holdovers because everyone was so young in 07, Pedroia, Ellsbury. But I don't know. I mean, this has been the same core anyway, at least in the lineup. There's been turnover in their rotation. But I guess if they win this one, you have to give it some consideration. I'm okay giving them consideration, Terry, but it's – consideration with an asterisk that's it (laughs) you know that's it like sure we can say that they're good i'm not going to say that they're bad as far as second basements go altuve's top five as far as shortstops go i'd be lying to you if i felt that carlos correa wasn't in that top five group bregman argument to be made as far as dhs go jordan alvarez is in a class of his own he is I, he is next year's MVP pick for me. Calling it now, um, the guy is an absolute stud. He just does not miss. And they're talking about it um, earlier on the show. He just looks like he just sits back and waits. And there was a graphic that popped up, and I had to take a picture of it. In the last three games, the Red Sox are nine for eighty-two with three RBIs, three runs scored, and six extra base hits. In that span, Jordan Alvarez by himself is 8 for 12 with 5 RBIs, so almost double that, 4 runs scored, and has 5 extra base hits. He has one less extra base hit than the entire Red Sox over the last three games. The guy is an absolute stud. Yeah, you think the Dodgers could use him right about right about now? That was, oh, a, yeah. that was a bad trade. <laughs> yeah, yep. Alex Cora just told the media that uh, he, the Red Sox didn't really have a, a chance offensively and that game four was a turning point and that the lineup, for the most part, couldn't catch up to the fastball. So a little bit of, uh, you know, blunt honesty there from Alex Cora. So 
I forgot to check on this. Maybe you guys might have uh, done some snooping, but uh, Greg Hill on the Greg Hill Morning Show, WEI, disclosed on the air yesterday, so that would have been Thursday, that there might be some friction between Alex Cora and Heim Bloom. I didn't see Lou Merloni comment on it, and he's... I know he whiffed at the trade deadline with the Scherzer thing, but but typically Lou is is on it, and uh, he didn't seem to confirm it. Yeah, no, and there that's just Wei grasping for any sort of relevancy. If you look back, I think it was after the Yankees game. Uh, yeah, I think it was after the Yankees game where Heim Bloom's walking in with no shoes on and. Alex Cora is giving him props, gives him the lineup card. They're pouring champagne all over him. These guys have a great working relationship, and this was only year one of that. These guys have an opportunity to build something special. They have a lot of talent coming up through the pipeline. I, there, There's not many better situations. Even if Cora wanted to leave or was a free agent, I don't know where he would go that has a brighter future than this Red Sox team, quite frankly. So I, I think that's Greg Hill grasping at straws because you don't walk away from a team that is in the ALCS now and that has a top seven farm system. That, and that's just crazy. Uh, I feel like even before the season started, you could be on Team Cora, you could be on Team Bloom, but it'd be hard to be on Team or slash bloom uh me personally i'm i wasn't a huge fan of the of heim bloom i was pretty vocal about that i haven't deviated from that am i happy we've made certain moves sure am i disappointed and upset we made other moves absolutely but did the pros outweigh the cons this year the answer is yeah because garrett whitlock no one saw that happening uh hunter renfro doing what he did this year no one saw that happening um, some of the other uh, small pieces that we end up picking up, uh, Hansel Robles, no one saw that happening. Kike Hernandez, we all knew what he could do as a as a part-time player, but we didn't know what he could do as a full-time player. Uh, and then you had the ones that didn't hit, and we don't need to talk about them. But uh, if the Red Sox, if the Red Sox didn't make the playoffs, um, I think people could have been a little bit more upset with Heim. I think you had to give him a little bit more credit towards the end of the year because the Red Sox did end up making the playoffs, did end up getting past the division, got into the championship series. So I, I kind of have to eat some of my words. Uh, if something magical happens next year, then great. But before the season started, I was not happy with High and Bloom because we didn't do enough off-season work, but we still got there. So that's me. So what needs to happen this winter to we need to open up the pocketbook to win those two extra games to go to the world series and they can they're gonna have about 50 million dollars to play with and that's i I think that's before declining garrett richards option and uh, obviously there's gonna be some arbitration numbers that are gonna probably equal that out they're gonna have a lot of money and some of these guys are going to be trade bait. And I was already workshopping a whole piece earlier about 
I quite frankly don't think Hunter Renfro is going to be on this team next year because I think he is insanely valuable to a team that is, you know, pinching their pennies and he has two very, very cost controlled years coming off a career best year when they can make a move uh, in free agency and move Verdugo to right field and open up that left field slot. What what do you net from a Hunter Renfro move? I mean, you can net prospects, you can net net, uh, bullpen pieces, whatever you want. Um, But he's, they can make him expendable pretty easily if they thought that he's at his max value right now. And I don't think Bloom's afraid to do that. I don't think his value is going to be any higher. And I think that uh, Bloom, one of the misses that he had was not moving uh, Dahlbeck. I mean, if Dahlbeck had a great playoff uh, run, that would have only furthered my justification for moving him too. Um, But he was bad before the deadline, though. He was really bad before the deadline. That's when he turned it on. He turned it on after the deadline. There was no yeah, pressure. Exactly. There's no pressure. So that doesn't tell me – that doesn't give me the confidence that you're the type of person I want on the team when it matters most. Dahlbeck, I can see getting moved. Hunter Renfro, I could see getting moved too. Um, 2022, there's still a couple of contracts that are still on the books. 23 is going to be when we lose the David Price deal because I think uh, this was the last year for Pablo Sandoval, right? 21? No, I don't think so. I think that was uh, last year, and it was only a buyout. Was it last year? Yeah. Okay. So he's done. I think the only contract we'll still have is one more year of David Price. Yeah. And I thought I saw something that he might be retiring at the end of the year, though. Did do you guys see that? or? It... Uh, no, I, I know that he made the he's replacing Joe Kelly on the NLCS roster. I saw that. Yeah, he might start um, tomorrow, game six, actually. Is, yeah, uh, no Scherzer. What might happen, yeah. Yeah, right. I, and I'm not positive I, I read that right or the source was right. I, I But I, I just, if you guys didn't see it, then maybe uh, maybe I didn't uh, get that correct on price. But but like I said, he's uh, he's the only dead money still on the books at that point. Pedroia's it wasn't Pablo's. Yeah, it wasn't Pablo Sandoval. You just said his name. It was Pedroia's contract that was still on the books for 21. I misspoke. Okay. Yeah, so that one's uh, done. And um, I, I think to, to be more competitive next year, we need to sign a, a number two or a number three guy or trade for one, however that shakes out. We need a bona fide closer. I don't want to be sold on Matt Barnes or someone internally that's just never done it before so get get yourself a a bona fide closer and i mean you're always looking for offense and we don't know if jd's coming back um schwarber we we're not sure if he's coming back um he'll decline the option we know that much so I'm about 95% sure that JD's coming back at this point. I don't see him leaving. If JD coming back. So percentage you think it's going to be 95 for him. What do you think the odds are for Xander? He, yeah, he's back next year. There's that. That's a given. That's he doesn't have an opt out. You don't think that's, he gets moved? 
I mean, he has no full no trade clause. Right. And they have no one to replace him unless they sign Correa. Which I don't want. I want no part of any of the Astros, especially that one. I would put JD coming back at about a, I would say 35% chance. Cause Oh, I'm if, at about 50, 50. If he's, if he's going to get a, a four year deal, I don't think Heim Bloom gives it to him. Heim won't give it to him. No, but I think I'm, I'm more leaning in that 50 to 60 range that he ends up coming back. Um, at first, I was thinking it was probably going to be maybe 75% that he ends up coming back, but now it's slowly starting to come down. Um, I'm curious to see what happens during the offseason. I, I really am. Because I think this team is going to look incredibly different in less than two years. Incredibly different. Well, I mean, a lot of the guys on here are short term i mean andrew mentioned remfro i mean even if he does come back he's got two years of control so that's not long term kike's up after next year so um so it's it's hard to tell i mean if xander opts out and bloom doesn't want to sign him this would be after uh 2022 but um you might be looking at rafi devers as the you know, is the only long-term guy, possibly. And there's honestly nothing really wrong with that, as long as they're making other, you know, coinciding moves and the prospects that you think are going to hit are hit. Because right now, Cassis, I'm literally just watching the play he just made seconds ago, looks like the real deal um, after a down season and, Jeter Downs turned on last month and he's got four home runs in his last four games. Marcelo Meyer has been a stud and he was probably the number one overall pick. And Nick York looks like the best hit, pure hitter in all of minor league baseball. So this team definitely has the pieces to bring up. Like we saw in 07 um, mix the vets with the young kids within the next year and two. And that's, that's the winning formula right there where you can go cheap at some positions and then completely overspend at others just to give yourself that much more of an advantage over other squads. And Downs and Casas will, you know, almost certainly be up in 2022. So we'll see. Um, any uh, final thoughts? It has been an awesome year doing this with you, gentlemen. Uh, and what I like is that a couple times during the year, I've I've had the pleasure of working with um, literally everybody on on in the group. We've gone through a couple of changes, um, but it's I mean, it's been fun. I'm really excited to see what happens next year, and I'm excited to see what we can do. Yeah, it's been awesome to grow the brand and hopefully we'll have an action-packed offseason so we can just come at you guys left and right with just uh, new material every single week, which would just be fantastic because last offseason was an absolute bore. Yeah, I mean, we've got the CBA and eventually we'll have some uh, transactions and um, well, we'll have some qualifying offers and non-tenders early, no matter what, but 
But, um, you know, it, it was a good season. We exploded <laughs> as far as uh, listenership. I mean, 35,000 downloads in just the last month. I mean, I don't think we got that in all of 2019. So, so we've, uh, we've definitely exploded and we're on the map. People know who we are now. And, um, and, uh, hopefully next year's, um, even bigger. So, so we will be back probably in the next handful of days, maybe do some world series talk, maybe some developments will happen. Franchi Cordero, uh, I think got DFA'd or something like that. So, um, so it's kind of already started, but we'll, uh, come up with a game plan and, uh, come on and keep hammering away with the content. And, uh, so we're not going anywhere. We'll, uh, we'll be back shortly. So everyone have a good weekend. And, uh, if you're going to stick around for the world series, uh, next week, then, uh, enjoy that as well. Take care.